Um, thank you. Uh, it's a privilege to be here, taking part in this symposium. Um, I have sat down there a few times, so it's come a bit unexpected that I find myself now standing up here on the stage in the Abbey. Um, so I'd just like to thank Fiuk for this opportunity. Um, as mentioned in the introduction, my name is Declan Smith, and I'm a statistician in the Demographics uh, Statistics section with the Central Statistics Office. And for the next few minutes, I'll go through data we have available on population and migration statistics. And although the charts and the graphs I'll be using to present the information might seem a bit cold, the real people behind these numbers, and this is uh, particularly the case for the migration flows. So first, I'll briefly talk about the data sources, then have a look at the long-term trends, including population trends since 1841 and an overview of the migration since 1951 in the context of the Republic of Ireland. And finally, examine some more recent trends, including the population migration estimates April 2013 uh, release, and for recent years, population migration by broad nationality, immigration and immigration by destination and origin, as well by age group, Irish nationals by net migration, as well as a view of population and migration statistics from Northern Ireland. For the Republic of Ireland, one of the sources of data we have on population migration statistics is the Censuses of Population. A census of population was carried out every 10 years between 1841 and 1911, as well as between 1926 and 1946. Between 1951 and the 2011, a census has been carried out every five years with the exception of 1976, which was cancelled due to budgetary reasons, when, and a headcount was subsequently carried out in 1979, and the 2001 census was postponed till 2002 because of the foot and mouth disease. Another important data source is the Quarterly National Household Survey, formerly the Labour Force Survey. This is the principal source of information for the estimation of the gross migration flows for the intercensal years. The migration estimates are also compiled with reference to movements in other background migration indicators, such as the number of personal public service or PPS numbers allocated to non-Irish nationals and the number of certain visas issued to Irish nationals to a number of destinations including Australia, US and Canada. In addition, data on national insurance numbers equivalent to PPS numbers issued to Irish nationals in the UK is also referenced. Looking at the historical population trends, this graph illustrates a change in overall population over time. The population registered a decline of just over 6.5 million in 1841 to just over 3 million in 1926. The effects of the Great Famine of 1845 to 1852 and the subsequent heavy population losses due to emigration in the latter half of the 19th century and early 20th century are the main reasons for this decline. The overall population level, which remained quite stable at just under 3 million between 1926 and 1951, declined to reach a low point of 2.8 million in 1961. The 60s, 70s and the first half of the 80s witnessed a decline in emigration and a relatively high level of natural increase accumulating in a population total in excess of 3.5 million in 1986. After a slight fall between 1986 and 1991, due mainly to a resumption of net outward migration at the end of the 80s, the upward trend in population resumed in the early 1990s. 
both natural increase and a significant net inward migration contributed to a record population growth between 2002 and 2006, with the result that the 2006 population was 50% higher than the low point of 1961. Despite a return to net outward migration in the years leading up to census 2011, the population continued to grow to 4.59 million, due mainly to the high number of births of recent years. This graph illustrates population change, net migration, and natural increase, births minus deaths, from 1951 to present. You can see the importance that migration has on the population total, as the population change follows the trends in net migration over time. You'll also see the high natural increase in recent years, particularly as a result of that births have exceeded 70,000 a year over the last six years. Now, this graph shows net migration, broken down by emigration and immigration from 1987 to present. This shows the net outward migration experienced in the 1980s, the strong net inward migration during the late 90s, and particularly in the last decade, and the net outward migration again in 2009. The recent change from a net inward to net outward migration has been dramatic, as we've gone from a peak estimated net inward migration of 104,800 in 2007 to the current net outward migration of minus 33,100 in 2013. In fact, in August we published population migration estimates for the year ending April 2013. The main results of this release were Immigration in the 12 months of April 2013 is estimated to have increased 55,900 from 52,700 in the year to April 2012. Emigration also increased over the same period to 89,000 from 87,100. And these combined changes resulted in a total net outward migration of minus 33,100, which remained broadly constant with the net outward migration of minus 24,400 in the previous year. Natural increase over the same period was 40,800, a fall of 4,100, uh, a fall as a, a result of the fall in the number of births. Uh, at this point, it is interesting to note that the total fertility rate, the average number of children that would be born to a woman during her lifetime in 2013 was approximately two, although it was 2.1 at the turn of the decade. Over the last 60 years, the lowest total fertility rate was in 94-95 at 1.85, while the highest was around 1965 at 4.03. Going back to 2013, the combined effect of these listed components on this slide was a small increase in the population, bringing the population estimate to 4.59 million in April 2013, an increase of 7,700. Now looking at some of the components of population change since 2006 in more detail, and we found first to immigration. This graph shows that immigration in the year to April 2013 is estimated to be 55,900, a rise of 6% from the 2012 figure of 52,700, but a fall of 63% from the peak 2007 immigration figure. Immigration among Irish nationals is estimated to be 15,700, while immigration among non-Irish persons was estimated to be 40,200. Moving on to emigration, this slide shows that emigration from Ireland in the 12 months of April 2013 is estimated to have reached 89,000, an increase of 1,900, or just over 
on the 87,100 um, recorded in the year to April 2012 and almost doubled the estimated 46,300 in 2007. Emigration among Irish nationals continued to increase from 46,500 to 50,900 over the 12 months to April 2013, while emigration among non-Irish persons fell from 40,600 to 38,100 over the same period, and in line with the 2011 levels at 38,600. Irish nationals were by far the largest constituent group among all emigrants in 2013, accounting for 57%. Therefore, in April 2013, net outward migration is estimated at minus 33,100, remaining broadly constant with the previous 12-month period. However, net outward migration has been driven by Irish migration flows. The outward migration among Irish nationals grew from minus 26,000 in April 2012 to minus 35,200 in April 2013. Over the same period, the net migration of Non-Irish nationals has gone from a net outward of minus 8,400 to a marginally net inward at 2,100. Now looking at the population by nationality and comparing the proportions of Irish nationals to non-Irish nationals, you'll see that in 2006, the Irish nationals accounted for 89.8% of the population. In 2013, Irish nationals are estimated to account for 87.9% of the population, a slight decline compared to 2012, which was 88%. The decline in the year ending April 2013 is largely due to the fall in natural increases and the change in net migration flows between Irish and non-Irish nationals noted already. Turning our attention to migration in 2013 again and looking at migration by origin destination produced the following graphs. First, examining emigration by destination, this graph illustrates that the UK is the most common destination followed by Australia. Then looking at immigration, people coming into the country by origin, the grouping rest of the world with Nigeria, Brazil, China, Philippines and Pakistan being some of the more prominent countries is the most common point of origin followed by the EU-12. However, net outward migration is very much centred on the UK and Australia, countries with strong links to Irish emigration. Now taking the last three-year average percentage distribution of all migrants by origin destination produced these results. For emigrants, you can see again that the UK is coming in on top there, 24%, and in fact all the um, countries of destination or groupings of destination are very comparable to what we've seen in 2013. And the same applies as well for the immigrants. They're very comparable to the results that we have for 2013. Again, turning our attention to migration in 2013 and looking at migration by barred age group produced the following results. First, examining emigration by age group, we see that the 25 to 44 year olds has the most numerous immigrants, closely followed by the 15 to 24 year olds. Then looking at immigration by age group, the 25 to 44 year olds again are the most numerous, but this time the 15 to 24 year olds are considerably less. This means the net outward migration we're experiencing is very much centered around the 15 to 24 year age group. Taking the last three-year average percentage distribution of all migrants, but this time by age group, produced these results. For emigrants, you can see that 0 to 14-year-olds represent 7%, 15 to 24-year-olds was 41%, 15 to 
25 to 44-year-olds was 44%, 45 to 64 was 7%, and 65 and over were 2%. Again, these are very consistent with what we've seen in 2013. And again, likewise, with the immigrants, the three-year um, average is very similar to what we've seen in 2013. Looking at Irish nationals by net migration since the economic downturn in 2008 produced the following. The number of Irish nationals to have immigrated is estimated to be 121,000, while the number estimated to have emigrated is 201,000. This means we have an estimated net migration, a net outward migration rather, of minus 80,000 Irish nationals since 2008. This graph illustrates the trend in net migration for Irish nationals over the last six years. Now, before finishing, looking at the population migration trends in Northern Ireland, we see that the population in Northern Ireland has also experienced growth in recent years. The population has grown from 1.66 million in 1996 to 1.82 million in 2012, an increase of 10%. Turning our attention to migration in 2013 again, and looking at migration by origin destination. Oops, sorry. That was a page slipped in there, I shouldn't have. Um, however, like the Republic of Ireland, Northern Ireland has gone from net inward migration to net outward migration in recent years. Net outward migration commencing again in 2011, with just under 50% of emigrants destined to other parts within the UK, and 45% of immigrants from other parts of the UK. Although the net migration in recent years in Northern Ireland is low, this is disguised in the fact that the inflows were of the order of 23 to 24,000 a year, while the outflows or emigration was of the order of 24 to 25,000 a year. And that brings me to the end of the presentation. Thank you. Thank you, Declan. Um, <clears throat> do we have any questions? Okay. Um, do we have our, 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 roaming, our roaming mics? Just a quick question. Yeah. Yeah, those figures would just reflect uh, the 26 counties. Yeah. Can we get the microphones, please? Roaming mics, yeah. Sorry, yeah. There's a microphone coming down right behind you now. Yeah, there you go. Sorry, um, the 18 to 24 or five year olds, um, do you know that they mostly go with families or were they going as individuals? Um, well, even within that, that age group, um, we found that the, it's the 22 and 23 year olds that are driving that uh, age group. Now, regards to our family circumstances, we wouldn't have information on that, but I suppose when you're talking about 22 to 23 year olds, you'd imagine that you're just talking about maybe single young people or, or possibly couples and friends. Oh, okay, thanks. So there's a gentleman up, up here. Yes. Um, do we know the, the reasons or what's the, behind the statistics? 
um, why people are emigrating. Yeah, um, as regards the different age groups. Yeah, well, it's, I, I suppose it's, it's not a coincidence that during the boom we had such a high net inward migration and that as soon as we slipped into recession shortly afterwards we, we seemed to slip back into a net outward migration. Um, so you could, you could possibly deduce from that that uh, economic factors is one of the, the, the key factors in migration. But seeing that when you were talking about a large group of people, it's not just black and white. Um, like even during the boom years, people were still emigrating. Uh, in 2007, uh, an estimated 46,000 people still emigrated, which is a, is a lot of people too. So there's numerous reasons why people would leave. Um, some go looking for work, others might have been going for a year travelling, others might go abroad for study, or maybe to unite with family members that have already gone out. Um, likewise for people coming here, um, some would be again coming to, to work or to study or, or family reunifications. So it's, it's, a, it's a real mixed bag, but uh, I'd imagine that like, economic factors would be a, a good pull on, on the migration trends. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a complicated process because you're not just talking about the pull and push factors in Ireland, it's also the pull and push factors across the world. Um, you think things mightn't be great here, but they could be a lot worse somewhere else, or, or vice versa, that uh, we're getting on okay here, but there could be uh, another country whose economy is roaring ahead and are screaming for people, and it'll just pluck people out of this country. So it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's quite a dynamic flow. A question I want to ask, um, I have the privilege of asking, <clears throat> the interesting figures on the, about Irish nationals were 201 201,000 emigrated, I'd say, and then 121,000 immigrated. What's the narrative behind that, do you think? Um, well, I suppose uh, for, for some people, like say if they go to Australia or Canada and they'd go out on, on visas, um, I, they might, those visas may expire and they'd, they'd need to uh, come home if they didn't want to stay possibly illegally in the, in the country. So some people have to come back. Um, other people would make the choice. Like I say, even during the boom, there was always backpackers and, and people taking a year or two out, going abroad and, and coming back. So there could be still that going on as well. Okay. okay. Sorry, for the questions. Yeah, gentleman here. Is there any indication of a percentage or of the immigrants who might be part of the theatre audience? <laughs> uh, That's my question. <laughs> Less than 1%, I can tell you. Uh, I wouldn't know that now, just <laughs> offhand. Uh, that, that's quite a precise bit of information been sought there. And, uh, no, we wouldn't have anything as detailed as that. I can give you a breakdown on county levels, right? <laughs> and I can give you a breakdown on, on, uh, on uh, international uh, visitors, but I can't give a breakdown on, uh, on... I can give you a gender breakdown. There's a lady here, uh, just over here. Gary, yeah, thank you. I can take another three questions after this. So, um, uh, your original uh, graph, overall population, why did you not include the 1821-31 census? Um, I suppose it was just to pick a certain point in time. I suppose if you went back to the 18, you know, 20s, could you have gone back further to, to, to earlier estimates that might have been done in, in earlier centuries? So I suppose it was just a case to start somewhere, and I suppose with the Great Famine, 
uh, it was a, a bit of a turning point in Ireland, so just went with 1841. Yeah, well, the, the, the two previous census would also show you the, the high population, in other words, show the, the dramatic reduce mm-hmm. or reduction in population sure. from, yeah. uh, uh, yeah. from yeah. post-1841. Okay. That's a good point. Okay. Gary, just right behind in the second, next row. Thank you. Hello, it's a very basic question. Um, where and how do you collect the data, particularly about migration and immigration to the UK? Because there's no, as far as I know, coming backwards and forwards, there's no check whatsoever on visas. Mm-hmm. Explain the others, but how, what about UK? Yeah. Um, for that reason, it's, it's, it's very difficult um, b- because there's no requirement for like visas uh, to move back and forth between Ireland and the UK. Um, the principal source of information to help us estimate the migration flows for intercensal years is the Quarterly National Household Survey. Um, that involves uh, about 18,000 households being sampled every quarter. Uh, and, and it tends to be that each household will be surveyed for five consecutive quarter in, in a rotation format and the interviewer calling upon the, the household will, will ask a series of questions to try and help identify has anyone moved to this house in the last 12 months um, has anyone left the house in the last 12 months does anyone intend to leave um, and if they do intend, intend to leave how long do they intend to leave for and where do they intend to go so that's primarily where we would get our estimation for the, the flows between uh, Republic of Ireland and uh, the UK. Um, in addition to that, we would also try and um, use as many background indicators as we can, and one of those would be these what they call national insurance numbers that you get you get issued in the UK if you wish to work there or, or receive benefits, very like our own PPS numbers. So that also kind of helps to give a, a bit of a, an indicator on just maybe the trends that are going up or they're going down. Uh, with, with indicators, though, say I went to the UK in the in the late 90s, I would have got this national insurance number. I could have stayed there a couple of years, came back, and then gone back out again. So it wouldn't capture that. So it's not complete in itself. So we do heavily rely on the survey for the, for the estimates. Uh, Jim, and then uh, Niall McMonagall. Gary, so there's one here. No. That's great. And then if the other microphone, we just go to here to Nile, and then we'll conclude with those two questions. Yeah. Thank you very much. Fascin- okay. So, okay. Jim. Thank you very much. Uh, fascinating information there. Uh, just, I'm thinking of the census we'll say in 1841 or earlier. We'd say because of the polit- political disconnect, uh, you know, illiteracy, etc., etc., in the country. How accurate would, would those figures, and what, you know, what degree of inaccuracy might there be in figures returned at that time? Um, okay, that's an interesting question. Uh, I suppose they could have been as, as accurate as they, as they were uh, for the day, um, as they would have been compared to, to other countries. Um, I know now we would um, list all houses across the country using the, the geodirectory and inform all our enumerators. We get fully briefed and trained, and we'd have a quite an extensive field operation um, to, to ensure that every house is covered and if, even if there was a house 
come across by the enumerator, they're instructed that if it's not in the geo directory, if it wasn't on the list you were given, add it to your list. Just because we didn't have it on the list doesn't mean it's not covered. So it, it is quite a comprehensive uh, mechanism now, and there's quite a high uh, level of media around it as well. So if, God forbid, someone didn't get their census form, they should know to, to, to make noise and we'll get one out to them straight away. Um, I suppose when you go back to the 1840s, you wouldn't have had that level of communication where you could go on the internet and on television and on, on, on radio. Um, but uh, it, it was, would have been as, as good as quality as any and as comprehensive. I, I think the fact as well that the figures would have been relatively consistent over time, as, as we mentioned, up to 1841, before the famine, shows as well that you know that there was a consistency in the data being collected. So uh, you, you would be putting uh, reliability on it. Good. Thank you. And then the final question. Are we unique among the nations of the world when it comes to this dramatic drop in population? Um... I suppose other countries would have, you know, different times suffered huge population losses as, as, as well. Now, I don't have any examples to hand, but I, I know Ireland was one of the last countries to, to have a famine in Europe, but we're sure we're not the last country to have a famine. Um, we've also seen in other countries where there's conflict, um, where, where you'd have a massive flow of refugees. It mightn't actually be the, the conflict directly that might have a, a, a dramatic impact on the, on the population. Um, obviously, it, it would have some impact, but it, sometimes it's nearly just ordinary people that get up and go, move to neighbouring countries to refugee camps. Um, so I, I'm sure there has been other instances where I don't have any just, just a hand, but I'm sure... That Within the 19th century, 20th century time frame... Um, well, yeah, well, I, I, I suppose, again, like, you know, when you, you look at World War II, um, it, it, the, the amount of lives lost there in World War I and, and the Spanish flu as well at the same time. Um, so there would have been, like, like, I don't know of an exact country, but, like, I'm aware of this, there was definitely circumstances there where populations would have fallen. Great, thank you very much. Bear this in mind in discussion that will happen later, particularly with, uh, with Richard Carney when he talks about uh, the trauma around, um, around the famine as well. So I just want to uh, thank uh, Declan, and I hope that was a useful session this morning. Thank you. Thank you.